Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show. Today you'll hear the second installment to The Giver's Guide to Greatness with Brian and his longtime friend and synergy partner, Joe Nigo. I've been around these guys interacting together for well over a decade, and this is how they talk even when the mics are not on. So let's check out part two and hear more about giving your way to success. So let's talk about number seven here. The guideline number seven is give attention. Let's talk a little bit about that. Well, I think this may be the greatest gift you give in a relationship. Hmm. Relationship or customer or yeah. client is you give attention, mm-hmm. especially today. Hmm. I mean, it, it seems like in the past when there wasn't the cell phone, there wasn't the, all this technology, the computers, the TVs nowadays... I mean, TVs are everywhere. You walk into a restaurant, it's it's part of decoration. Right. TVs are all over the place. You go to dinner with someone, you could be watching TV the whole time. So distractions are all around us. I think in the past, it it was probably something more natural because all this technology and the stimulus wasn't around. Today, it's got to be your job. Because I value people and I want to be a giver, I want to give people my 100% undivided attention. I want to look at them when they're talking. I don't want to be looking away or be distracted or have my phone buzzing all the time. And I just want to tell them, here's the gift I want to give. And you know what? People feel it. And when I've gone on appointments, I feel like I I do a good job at it because I want to be a giver. Mm -hmm. So I give attention. I give attention with my eyes. I give attention with my ears. I give attention with my body language. I want people to feel they're valued. One of the things I've observed in you over 26 years is you're a fabulous listener. You ask great questions. You know, I used to call you Columbo, you know, (laughs) all the time. But just talk on that a little bit. I see how you give people attention. And one of the ways you do is you engage people with questions, but you kind of listen, you kind of lean forward, you listen with the eyes. Just give us a little flavor of that. You know, maybe it's the, the curious spirit that I have in the desire to learn because here's what I know when I'm talking, I'm not learning anything. Right. I'm maybe just sharing, which there is a time and a place for that. And you know this, you know, you and I will go to dinner, we'll have maybe a, a potential speaker or an executive that we're, we're entertaining. I do a lot more listening than I do talking. Right. Not necessarily that it's, I feel like I need to contribute, but it's, I don't have a need to feel like I want to impress. I, I want to learn. Mm-hmm. And I find that I, I learn a lot more when I'm in tune and connected to another human being. You think about it. When, I, when I'm with you, I try to speak as little as possible. I value the relationship. I know all the experiences that you've had. You've had way more experiences just internationally and traveling and the, that I haven't had. And I just feel like, what a gift. What a gift. And then when I'm interacting with someone across the table who's thinking about selling their home, of course, I want to be dialed into their needs. I want to do it from a natural, personal standpoint but it's, it's a great gift from a business standpoint. Because right. now you know what their needs are, you know what their wants are, you know what their desires are, you know what's important to them, and you can give that gift as well. Well, here's an interesting thing. You know, we started this podcast, and I'd never really done this format. You know, you knew me for all these years, and I was well-known on stage and, and all those kinds of things. But if you'll hear, you, you listen to the podcast all the time, people say all the time, you're a great interviewer. Man, you're a great interviewer. We get people now calling in, you know, going, hey, I want to be on your show. People that a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have thought we could have even approached. And the funny thing is, I don't think I'm a great interviewer, but I do give people a lot of attention because I'm genuinely interested in learning from them. And so 
I'm not just, oh, let's just, hey, you got a book, let's pitch this or let's do that. I got to fill up an hour. I'm like, I'd rather not do it. I've worked very hard in my life. I'm genuinely interested in learning. We've learned a lot from each other over the years and a lot more to go. And when you give that attention to someone, and I think the closer you are to somebody, the more intentional you actually have to be Yeah. to give that attention. Like my wife and I, obviously we can finish each other's sentences, but I need to be intentional, give my attention to my bride because I still have a lot to learn from her. She knows me better, loves me more, has my best interest at heart. There's just, but it's easy not to give attention. It's easy sometimes to give attention to the stranger or the person you just met. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's great. You know, we've done it for years where we used to hold our kids' faces when they were young. And rather than just come in, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy, I'd say, hey, when it's appropriate, put your hand on my leg, put your hand on my arm. I'll come and I'll give you my full attention. And when they were real small, you, you've seen us do this. We would hold their cheeks. There. Sometimes they would hold our cheeks and just lock in. And people have always asked me, you know, how, you know, your kids have turned out great and they're high self-esteem. I really think one of the contributing factors to that is when our kids were young, giving them our full attention. And it didn't mean we do it perfect. Everybody tears up with the cats in the cradle. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, we all have regrets. And, you know, uh, what was that phrase you used to have when your, your kids are small? You're trying to get them to, was it walk and talk? And then you're trying to spend the rest of your time getting to sit down and <laughs> yeah, shut up. Quiet, right? Yeah. yeah, right. So we all make those mistakes. But giving attention, I think it's a great gift. And so far, listen, giving energy, giving a smile, giving the extra effort, giving a little bit of time, giving a compliment authentically, giving your patience, giving your attention. These are things everyone can afford. Oh. It's in everybody's budget. Here's the next thing. This is a big one. In our world today, I'm really excited for you to talk on this. Give the benefit of the doubt. Let's well, talk about that. Yeah, well, I was thinking about this yesterday as preparing for this, and I, I think people get very athletic in relationships. They're quick to judgment and often jump to conclusions. Mm. <laughs> you know, and it's not... <laughs> And that's not healthy. I like that. <laughs> that's not healthy. <laughs> Quick and jump. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't think that's healthy. In the real estate business, it gives you many opportunities to grow. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of conflict. You're dealing with people. You're dealing with money. You're dealing with emotion. You know, it's kind of the recipe of drama and conflict. It's, it's tough. And I think what happens is we're all on the same page. You get people wanting to do good for their clients, and yet you'll find a real estate agent become very athletic, quick to judgment, jump to conclusions, and it's detrimental to the relationship. Mm -hmm. When you give the benefit of the doubt, what a gift. Mm -hmm. What a gift. I, I would say that would strengthen a relationship. If something happened and the agent maybe who has the listing and there's a buyer that wants to get a contract in and the agent is not getting through and the contract's not signed and, and there's a lot of tension there. And when the listing agent receives the benefit of the doubt from the selling agent, it's a gift and it strengthens the relationship and I believe it lays the foundation for a long-term healthy relationship. Right. So giving someone the benefit of the doubt, whether it's in a business situation with a spouse, with a friend, with an associate. It's like, what a gift. And I, I think, you know, you, you brought it down to the specifics, which is beautiful, but, you know, also in the context of the times we live in. I just don't believe there's ever been a time in human history where people have judged quicker and jumped to more conclusions than now, where we can actually literally take a soundbite or a quote and based on that, make a quick decision and jump to a conclusion. And you'll see people... You know, especially in the political game, and it is a game, and then there's pawns and kings in that game. 
And I'm very, very careful to not jump into that game too much. But the fact is you see people getting, they're protesting in the streets or they're doing this and they're doing that on something that came out 24 hours before. Yeah. Where the facts might be nuanced, where there might be a tremendous amount of discovery. You know, you know, newspapers are going out of business and what's going away is the research departments and the vetting the stories and getting all sides. And, you know, as you say, no, there's not two sides of the story, there's three. Well, a lot of times there's ten sides to a story. Mm-hmm. That nuance... In the world we live in today, quick and jump, you know, you can jump over a cliff. Yeah. You know, you can end up in a bad place. You know, the very definition of like having somebody's back is to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And I think in order to give someone the benefit of the doubt, you need to be mature mm. and you need to be wise and you need to bend around the block a few times. Because if you've been around the block a few times, you know mm-hmm. that sometimes you're wrong. Right. And sometimes it's not accurate. I told the story once before. It didn't make any sense to the audience I was telling it to, but I'll never forget this for me. Is I was in college with my brother. The four of us played on the same team together. My brother Mark and I were roommates. My brother Tom and Charlie, who are twins, Chicago firemen, you know, they were in the room next door. And, you know, and it's just like a dorm room. It's a multi purpose room. And we'd have our pillows laying out because in the middle of the dorm room, that's kind of like that's your bed as well. And it served as a couch. And, and my pillow went missing. And I, and I remember I had just put in a pillowcase on this pillow, and now my pillow is in my brother's room. I mean, these are high-level problems in college, and I'm sure it's not making any sense. But I went into my brother's room, and I said, that's my pillow. I just put a pillowcase in. He goes, it's not. It's mine. And I grabbed that pillow from him, and we start tugging back and forth. I remember getting so upset with him. I went out in the hallway, and I swang the pillow, and I hit the edge of a fire alarm, which ripped the stuffings out of the pillow. And then what laid on the ground was his pillow with my pillowcase on top of it. And I was thinking, I don't know if we were both right, but I would have bet my life on it that was my pillow. But obviously, it was was a mistake. I didn't give him the benefit of the doubt, and I think about that often. Mm. So I I think it requires maturity to give another human being a relationship the benefit of the doubt. Here it is. And the people now, you can answer this eternal question. You never thought you'd learn anything from a pillow fight. <laughs> you just did. Profound truth. All right. You know, Covey said, and you, you kind of turned me on to Stephen Covey 26 years ago, but he said, we judge others by their actions. We judge ourselves by our intentions. Mm. Very, very profound. We need to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. And then if somebody's proven themselves repeatedly over time, okay, uh, okay, now, no, I kind of know. Okay, this is kind of their pattern. Or Okay, great. Next, give respect. Give respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Aretha Franklin just passed away here not so long ago. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Talk about why that's such a great gift and uh, give us some guidelines well, to I mean, respect. You know, I, I had grew up in a home, one of eight kids. My mother had eight children in a 10-year time period. My dad was a cement finisher or mason, like as you mentioned. Small home. And my dad would jokingly say, you know, when I got a little persnickety and wanted my way, and I'm a middle child, and he would often kiddingly say, the world revolves around the sun, but not you, son. (laughs) You know, like growing up in a a larger family, you realize it's not about you. Right. It's about others. So I grew up in an extremely respectful family. My father was a disciplinarian as well as my mother. And you realize that you're part of a group. You got to contribute. The world does not revolve around you. And I realized that real early in my life. So I think when you're not thinking about yourself and it's not about you, you have respect for others. 
And I think at the core of every human being, a great gift you can give another is respect. And it's not given in a package. It's given with behavioral interactions. Right. So, for example, when I'm selling real estate, I walk into people's homes. I, I know it's a sacred place for them. So it's a sacred place for me. And I recognize that. So when I'm greeted at the door and I'm welcomed into the home, I'll immediately take note. There's some homeowners, they don't like wearing their shoes inside their house. If they got new carpeting and I'm being welcomed into the home and I recognize that it's a new carpeting and I recognize they have their shoes off, I'll immediately, without asking, just remove my shoes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a sign of respect. Mm-hmm. When someone's talking, I'll always listen. It's a sign of respect. It served me well going on listing presentations. If someone has a concern or has an objection, when I listen and digest it and take it into account, it's just a sign of respect for another human being. And I think it's the right thing to do. It's kind of how I was raised. I didn't read about it in a book, but it's a great gift that I find great salespeople, great leaders, great influencers do a phenomenal job at giving respect to others. Right. Well, it is a big deal. And again, with our world we live in today, hiding behind social media posts and whatever else, one of the things you'll find is it's become a more disrespectful culture. Hmm. And again, I'm not the old guy just screaming, get off my lawn anymore. You know, that's not, it's just there. People are not as respectful. Please and thank you. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to record a show here upcoming. It's going to be called Manners Maketh Money, Mm. right? And just being respectful and offering respect. It's human dignity. You know, my bride and I, you know, we've married now 28 years. On occasion, people we meet in social circles or through church or through a family connection will come and say, can we talk to you guys as a couple? And they might be struggling and so on and so forth. And a lot of times, you know, a gal will be saying, he doesn't show me this love and he's doing this and he's doing that and he does this and he does that. And Beverly will say, well, how much respect are you showing him? Because mm. if you really respect him, he'll show you a lot of love. And it's just interesting. And there's been many times there's been conversations like that where Beverly's reached somebody and it's like an eye-opening experience. And I find that when you show respect, love often follows it right afterwards. And for me... I have a different view of respect because I come from a different culture. And Ireland was a small country that made most of its money for certainly 150 of the last 160 years from tourism. And so Ireland, as you know, we went there together a few years ago. We had a great trip, right? We, We took the company plane. We flew to Greenland. We flew to Ireland. We went up to Canada together. And it was like, hey, this is the good life, right? You know, you got Irish blood in you. And we went to my mom and dad's house. And my mother and dad referred to him as Gulliver because Joe's 6'5", and we have a tiny little house that we grew up in. There's Gulliver's walking through the house. And he, my the house. wingspan touched both <laughs> sides of the room, <laughs> yeah. and I'm 6'5". There's a little insight into what I experienced. It wasn't I was big. It was the house was a bit tiny, as they say, in Ireland. But the people were magic, weren't yeah, they? Oh, because we come from a culture of hospitality. And so when I think about respect, I actually come from a perspective of hospitality, of being hospitable to people, of creating a good environment for people, of kind of showcasing the best that you have. And and we come to Ireland, we take great pride as a country, across the board, all kinds of different political or religious persuasions or whatever else. But everyone in Ireland, when a visitor comes to Ireland, we want them to have a good experience, not just because we want the money. We want people to come away going... Ireland's a great country. I was on a flight home here recently, and I sat next to a guy. 
he was in a country club that I belong to, and he's got the Rolex watch, and he's the guy's got big bank. He owned a huge company. And he said, I got to tell you, he said, we went to these little places, and they had these tidy towns. Ireland has these hundreds of these little villages that have, they entered in this tidy towns contest. He goes, that's a concept they need to bring here to America. <laughs> he goes, I've never seen so many people take such pride in where they live and where they're from. And he goes, everywhere we went, we felt like we were treated as kings. We'd pull in. There's 10 of us guys on this golfing trip, and they pull in in a van. And he said, we were treated like kings. They're treated with respect. Yeah. And so respect to me comes from that flavor, just to add to what you said, you know, not revolving around the sun, and that ultimately people need this love flows from respect. But for me, add in that little piece of being hospitable. When you have a business that's hospitable to people, you'll provide great service. Oh. You're hospitable to people, people feel comfortable and more likely to trust you. You bring respect into a home, a relationship, kids, coaching, whatever it is, colleagues that you're not getting along with, give them respect, watch how they change in front of your eyes. So we've got 10 guidelines here. This is a, a giver's guide to greatness. I think this is the ultimate. Let's do the last one here, and it might be the biggest one of all. Give thanks. Well, yeah, you know, probably the one word in the English vocabulary that I use more than any other word is the word thanks. And I find myself saying it all the time. Maybe I'm on a phone call. It's like after I say bye, I say, all right, thanks. And I, I think that comes from a spirit of, of gratitude. Mm. When someone is thankful, they're appreciative and they give. You think about the opposite of someone being thankful or appreciative is someone who's feeling entitled. Mm. You can't feel grateful and entitled at the same time, can you? No, no. It's impossible. I am so thankful for... I wake up in the morning, I'm just so thankful. I, I don't know if it's a, a decided attitude or a, you know, the environment I grew up in of not having much. and I, I'm just so thankful. I, I mean, I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for people. I'm grateful for experiences I have. I don't take anything for granted. You bought me breakfast this morning, whatever, the three poached eggs. Nice. (laughs) It's like, I thanked you, and then you thanked Murph, and you bought breakfast, and you're thanking him. That's right. (laughs) I I just think being thankful, having an attitude of gratitude is, it's a gift you give to others, and more importantly, this is probably the one gift you give to yourself. Mm-hmm. Because it settles you down. You're grateful for what you have. I mean, most people, they're not happy with what they have. And I always say, if you're not happy with what you have now, what would make you think that you'll be happy if you have more? And I think the big thing is, if you're not happy with what you have, you're not happy with who you are. Yeah. And a grateful heart. And if you listen to the common thread of the successful people we've had on this show, it comes over and over again. At some point in time, gratitude will show up. And it's not some get in the nirvana position and you know we send out the energy waves or uh, it's a grittiness to it it's a constancy to it it's hard to do but at the end of the day giving thanks i think it's a spirit of the heart i think it's an attitude of the heart one of the greatest things i've experienced in being an irishman living in america is that there's a holiday dedicated to gratitude and it's a thanksgiving Mm. it's not turkey day the secularists want to call it turkey day I don't believe in worshiping a dead turkey. I, you know what I mean? It's just not something I'm lining up for. But I love the idea of getting together as a family. We pray together. We say thanks to God for everything we have. We express gratitude to one another. And then we make a list of what we're thankful for each year. It's my favorite holiday. And then we eat great, too. You know, And I'm thankful we get a chance to do that. Well, 
In Ireland, we have a phrase that says, Gurav Mila Mahagat. In Ireland, we're known for overstatement. The Brits, they're known for stiff upper lip and understatement, but it makes for lousy stories. We in the Ireland, we are known that we never let the facts get in the way of a good story, and we like to overstate things on a regular basis. So if you walk in here, you saw the sign as you walked into the studio. I got a big map of Ireland beautifully stenciled on the wall. There's a big sign comes in says, Cade Mila Falcha, 100,000 welcomes. And then when you go out the door, we say, Gurav Mila Mahagat. And Gurav Mila Mahagat is thanks a million. It's one of my favorite phrases in Ireland. It's one of my favorite phrases in life. If you've listened to this today and you listen to the gift of becoming a great giver, and it doesn't matter who you are or what you are, you can be a great giver. You can be a billionaire. You could be broke. All of these 10 gifts you currently possess. And here's what we know. If you give it out in slices... It comes back in loads. Yes, sir. That's the thing. So what are we going to do? Give energy. Give a smile. Give extra effort. Give time. Give a compliment, an authentic one. Give patience. Give attention. Give the benefit of the doubt. Don't be a triple jumper where you're quick and jump into conclusions. Give respect like Aretha, and then give thanks, and uh, you'll make God smile. Great stuff. We've had thousands of conversations, but I've enjoyed this today. I hope you have. Oh, this has, this been, a has blast. been a blast. Yeah. But it's time for me to put you on a hot seat. Uh-oh. You've listened to a lot of these podcasts, I right? I know what's coming. And so I don't know. Many of the, the listeners have thought, man, I wonder what I'd answer. I don't know if you've had that thought, but it's like I have five questions. You know the five questions because you've do. heard over 100 of these things. I do. So yours is going to be uh, well thought through, I would imagine, but let's do it. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Well, I think about this all the time, and I've thought about it. It's the advice my father had given me when I was going through difficult times and this is, of course, playing basketball, he would always say, remember this, the cream always rises to the top. Mm. The cream always rises to the top. You think about that advice that he gave, I think about it all the time, is that through persistence and hard work, that even though you're not getting the result right now, the cream rises to the top. It just gives me so much motivation. It inspires me. I love that piece so of it advice. helps you persevere, helps you keep going. If you keep doing the right things, your best effort is the cream. It's going to rise to the top. Definitely, It's great. Which one talent or gift do you wish you possessed that you currently don't? Okay, now I've heard a number of the guests all reference music, and I'm in that class. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd love to play the, well, if you've been to Mastermind, you know I play the ukulele already. <laughs> That's right. I play about three notes. But, uh, you know, playing the guitar, playing the piano, and, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, because um, have you ever seen a musician playing an instrument and they're good at what they do or maybe even a singer it's all related to music they're always in the moment Mm. they're always in the moment they're not thinking about yesterday they're not thinking about tomorrow they're right here Mm. right now and in the moment lost in it yeah and just enjoying it and that's one thing i do play one instrument it's called the radio So I play the radio real well. But I'll tell you, be honest with you, I'll sit down and just to give myself the gift of some time. Mm -hmm. I love country music, and my wife bought me a little Sonos speaker for Christmas, and and I would hook up my Sonos and play some country music, and I would sit on the screened-in porch of my home. And and that's, I mean, I I love hanging out with my kids and my wife, and I love those guys. And I love having some time where I could just be in the moment Mm -hmm. and just enjoy and almost act like I'm playing an instrument. Well, you know, we, we both uh, idolize Mr. David Lally, our producer. He recently played this show, a big concert up here called Shamrocked. And uh, someone sent me a picture 
and Lally comes to work, and he he's kind of like Superman, you know. He's Clark Kent in here. Yeah, oh, I know. And then I he heard had, about you know him. you've you've seen him in he's action. legendary. He is, and he has this alter ego on stage. I know where he's just kind of like I don't know what he is. I've like, seen it. You know, he's got the chest hair flying. the, oh, the, the Mister T I've starter kit. He got the lights blaring, the whole thing. Someone sent me this picture of him. And it was an action shot. I got to admit, I hate that he's listening, but it was just awesome. I go, wow, that would be cool. You know, to he's be able in to, the moment, right? Yeah, he's doing his thing. And yeah, he wasn't thinking about me or this show. No, for he was that. not. Yeah, that's good. All right, what book has been most instrumental in your life? You know, you and I have shared scores and scores of books right. over the years, and I and I would say. We talked about this yesterday. I probably wasn't someone who was real excited about going to school and reading books for the sake of reading books. I, I always looked at what was the practical application. And I probably didn't really become a student until I got out of school. Right. And the one book that had a major impact on my life is As a Man Thinketh. Mm, James it, Allen. Yeah, just As a Man Thinketh, so he is. You know, you think about the gift of America, this idea of you can be who you want to be. And... The one thing that was holding me back at one time is just the way I thought. You know, growing up on the south side of Chicago, so many wonderful, wonderful lessons I learned. A blue-collar community, people worked with their hands. And with that gift and that mentality comes some limiting beliefs. I was in a community where, you know, it was the natural progression where people would, you know, grow up to work for the city. Right. And you know, you're gonna be a fireman. You're going to be a policeman. policeman you're and, gonna, you know. and those are honorable. Sure, those are. It just wasn't for me. Right. But if you're not going to do that, then what are you going to do? You're kind of put out on the doorstep and said, you know, go out and make a living. And and I quickly realized that this real estate business gives you an opportunity to grow. Mm. It's such the gift. Mm-hmm. And as your growth comes through your development and your thoughts mm-hmm. and your thinking and your beliefs and how you understand yourself and how you interact with the world and how you interact with people and why you say the things you'd say and why am I feeling insecure right now and do I bring value? You know, it, all that you know, evolves and you grow in the process. So You talked about the fact that when you got drafted by the Houston Rockets that you were physically in as good a shape as anybody. Skill-wise, you were right there. But that you said the reason you didn't have a long NBA career was how you thought. And that when you said, okay, I'm moving on to this new opportunity you were going to change your thinking and you became an all-star realtor you know you became an all-star business guy where the typical person selling 10 homes you were selling 250 homes yeah no doubt and and you end up kind of in the hall of fame in real estate and now that's why you know we get a chance to teach on it all over the world yeah yeah no doubt because i grew up i I played at a division two school there's a certain thinking a certain beliefs and then you go into the you know playing with the world's greatest athletes in the nba Mm -hmm. and i'll never forget i played for bill fitch and him telling me and the day I got released you know it was hard to handle and I remember going home and deciding on my future I wound up getting into the real estate business and I vowed I vowed that I couldn't play in the NBA as long as I would have liked to obviously there's finances attached to that Mm -hmm. as I'm going to get into this new venture called real estate and I'm going to make so much money that I'm going to go on and buy an NBA team. I'm going to buy the Houston Rockets. Now, I've since found out I'm about $2 billion short. <laughs> so if we have any investors out there that want a joint venture with me, one requirement, have $2 billion. But the point yeah. was, is I, I didn't want, I understood this, is that the way you think has an impact on what you achieve. Right. And as a man thinketh is beautifully written. It's the foundation of every major 
book in the uh, personal growth space. Personal yeah. growth, yeah. yeah. So, well, we had Murph, the intern. He doesn't just get breakfast in the morning. He's reading as a man thinketh right wonderful. now because we're getting him on the right path, and he's loving it. Okay, we know you like two types of music, country and western, and we could have a whole conversation about how an inner city guy from the south side of Chicago. Now, we should talk about that one day with the stories and the melodies and marvels. But what's Joe's jam? You're in the car. You sent me music over there. Oh, Brian, you got to listen to this. You got to listen to that. If there's one artist or one song, it's like you're in the car by yourself, and it's Joe's jam. What, what is it well, going to be? Well, I really enjoy Kenny Chesney as an artist okay. because he has phenomenal lyrics. Right. You know, he really, whether he buys the music or writes them himself, I, I love great lyrics that tell a story. Country music, by the way, has its roots in Irish yeah, of course folk does. music. So. Yeah. Anyway, just to clear the air here. <laughs> but the one song I've probably listened to more over and over again is a song by Alan Jackson, and it's called Remember When. Mm, oh, yes. It, and it's a story, it's a song that talks about the progression of life. And it says, remember when, you know, it talks about when, you know, this young couple was dating. And remember when, you know, the pitter-patter of the feet across the floor. Remember when, and it just goes to the progression of life. And, and I think a lot of life is about remember when. Right. And and the key is is making remember when's now right you know it's the so. country and western version of John Andrasik hundred years to live in a yeah, lot of ways definitely all right I'm going to ask you about movies and I want to talk about this first because for years I would recommend movies to Joe and he'd say okay I got to do that I got to do that and then his kids would call me and they go Uncle Buff Dad fell asleep during the movie again <laughs> Uncle Buff Julie was really into the movie she go Bry you got to talk to him because he says yeah I'm going to watch this movie gets the family together put the popcorn on kids we're doing movie night and then you know, 15 minutes in so it's been an acquired taste for you but come on, if there's one movie you watch over and over again what's the one that does it for you? Uh, it's, uh, it's a Wonderful Life Come on yeah, it's a wonderful life. Just the pureness of the movie and, you know, the relationship of George Bailey with Mary. It's a story about someone who felt like they had this, you know, great potential and, and looking for life outside of where he grew up. And, you know, he was going to go, you know, build bridges and skyscrapers and and then he had a need to stay home. And, and everyone knows the story and how the town rallied around him. And I don't really laugh at movies. Uh, movies don't make me sad. I don't cry. <laughs> but It's a Wonderful Life does. Ah, there we go. We got one. The old curmudgeon finally gives in. He laughs and cries. <laughs> That's it. He finally gets it over. That's good. I'm a blubberer. I like to be stirred. It's got to be good. But... Uh... Yeah, it's a wonderful life. And you know what? i got to say this for the past 26 years. It's been a wonderful life with you. You're a great man. You've influenced my life Same. enormously. I'm a better man, husband, father, business guy, speaker, presenter, because of our relationship. And these 10 gifts of a giver, you've given to me an awful lot. I, I feel that uh, same way. Years. I feel that same way. So I hope this is helpful to the folks. I hope these two podcasts will be a blessing to you. I hope you'll take them and use them and learn from them. And I hope you've enjoyed being with us today. So I will now pass us over to our producer, the great Mr. David Lally. Thanks for that great content, Brian and Joe. In light of this season of gratitude, we hope all our listeners continue or perhaps begin implementing this lifestyle of giving. Speaking of giving, don't forget to give us a review on iTunes so we know how this content encouraged you. And as we finish up today, I'll leave you with an Irish blessing from Brian's mom, Therese. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back may the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face and until we meet again may God hold you in the hollow of his hand 
See you next time.